Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I am happy to be with you today to discuss a really fun topic, uh, one of our favorites, and that is value add. Today, we're going to address the question, how much value add is enough? What we mean by that is this, is we all like doing value-add projects to our properties. Uh, we put some capital in, we make an improvement to the asset, and we get some increased revenue in return, which not only generates additional cash flow, but it increases the value of the property. Therefore, we can get some equity growth out of that investment as well. So the question is, how much of a return do you have to get in order to make it worthwhile to actually do the value-add project? Because some value-add projects generate more and some generate less. So how much value-add is enough to do the project and to make the investment and to go forward? That's what we're going to talk about today. As always, if you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And please swing by our website, marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Lots of good material there. We're getting ready to uh, release some new fun content that I'm excited to share. Uh, it's going to be February before that comes out, but we're getting pretty close on it. Uh, at the website, and if you go to the website right now, you can register for, uh, you only have a couple of days left, you can register for our 2020 state of the multifamily industry, multifamily outlook, I forget what we're calling it this year, but our annual look at the industry and what we uh, can see from our crystal ball, uh, I'd encourage you to sign up. If you can make it live, that's fantastic. If you are unable to make it live, still register and I'll make sure that you get a copy of the presentation as well as a link to the recording of the session. So let's go ahead and get started. How much value add is enough. Let's do a little definition first. Value add. When we purchase a property, and this will be true for any of you that are investing with sponsors like Mara Poling uh, in the value add space, or maybe you've purchased a quote unquote fixer upper uh, that you're going to rent yourself. Maybe it's a single family or a condo or something else. Um, but when we do value add work, what that means is we want to add value to the property. We want the property itself to become more valuable, to be worth more. And the way we do that is a couple of different ways. We can, this is the most typical, we can invest capital to do a project. And that project will allow us to have higher revenues, right? We can increase rent on an individual unit we've made that improvement to. And that increased rent will generate cash flow that comes back to us all as investors, and it will increase the value of the property because you take that incremental income that it generates and apply the cap rate to it, the market cap rate at that point in time, and that'll give you a value for the improvement that you have made. Therefore, we have added value to the property. Now, I mentioned that's just one of the ways you can do it by investing capital. You can also do a couple other things. You can make a improvement that might be capital oriented. And instead of it increasing revenue, it'll decrease expense. 
So for example, there might be a investment that would be made in uh, lighting. Uh, we're gonna go and change all the house lights, all the lighting that's paid for by the owner of the property, by us. We're gonna change that out from old style lighting, inefficient, costly, hard to repair and maintain, and we're gonna replace it with LED lighting. Much less expensive to operate, uh, almost maintenance-free, so on and so on. And we could then see ourselves having a reduced utility expense over time, as well as some reduced repairs and maintenance costs. And that might be the way that we would recover it, that we'd see that change in NOI. Another is we don't invest any capital at all. We actually simply implement a new service. And that service may have some expense associated with it that'll be uh, more than offset by the revenue. Uh, for example, uh, valet trash, right? So if you're gonna implement valet trash, which is a great amenity, not necessarily always intended to be a value add, but it can add value. Uh, you might pay $10 a month per unit to have the valet service performed uh, and you charge tenants $12 or $15. And so you make a few bucks on it that way. Uh, so that could also be considered a value add activity. But today we're gonna talk about a capital investment. You put a piece of capital in and you get some revenue back. Keep in mind when you are thinking about value add work and when you're looking at investing with us or with someone that looks like us in terms of what they do, value add work can be done as a standalone, right? So uh, an investment in an activity at a property. So we're gonna go and we're gonna install microwaves in units. That's gonna be our value add project. Or it can be a package and the package might be you're gonna do a, an interior improvement where you're gonna do lighting and plumbing fixtures and flooring and paint and counters and cabinets and so on and so on. And it's a package. And so it's important to keep in mind how that looks. Bottom line for all the value add work we talk about is value add is always about the comps. It really doesn't have anything to do with what I think or what I believe tenants are gonna pay, or honestly, even what my tenants might tell me necessarily. Uh, if I stopped one of them uh, as they were maybe coming into the office to take care of some business, I said, hey, what do you think if we did this? They might say, oh, that'd be great, I'd love it, and I'll, I'd pay extra for that. Um, the way you really know what the market wants is to go look at the market. Uh, now, this process I've just described means we're not gonna be pioneers. We're most likely not gonna be the first people going to market with something because we wanna see some evidence from others that it works. So I probably am not gonna put hard surface stone countertops in unless I see other people that have done it or unless there's some other data that tells me that it's that's a smart and wise investment. Now, I might personally think that's a great upgrade. I might look at it and say, wow, I would absolutely rent this apartment if it had that, but I'm not renting the apartment, right? This is for tenants and we need to all think that way as we are investors and we are trying to put a product in the marketplace that will appeal to our customers and to a fairly broad uh, group of them. Okay, so enough definition. Let's get into uh, the nitty gritty that we're gonna talk about in terms of answering the question, how much value add is enough? So I wanna start with just a, um, simple uh, property, right? 100 units, 
We just purchased it. We paid $100,000 a unit, so $10 million property. It generates $600,000 a year in net operating income. So that's total revenue, revenues from rents, other incomes, all that good stuff, minus all the operating expenses. And when you are done doing all that, there's $600,000 left. So there's $600,000 in net operating income, which means it's a six cap. That's where it's at right now. And let's say that the market's a six cap market. We'll keep it all nice and simple. We want to add washer dryer hookups. Now, not washer dryers, right? So I'm not talking about actually putting the appliances in. That might be a really good addition as well, but we're not, we're not describing that one today. We're talking about putting the hookups in, right? Uh, putting in a drain and putting in the plumbing fixtures and electrical and ducting for the dryer and so on. So uh, we're gonna do that activity. And we go out and get a contractor to come in and look at the units that we're thinking about doing this in. And that contractor gives me a price of $2,000. Now, before I get inundated with emails saying, you can't do that for 2,000, or I'm like, gosh, 2,000 is so expensive, I could have done it for a lot less. All of you are absolutely correct. Um, it could cost significantly more than $2,000. And it's also very possible that we could do it for less than $2,000. I'm using 2,000 a day uh, as a good number for us to use going through this. And at the end, I'll talk a little bit about the possible variability of the capital cost and how to account for that, how at least we uh, manage to that. Now, if you're gonna do washer dryer hookups, you're probably not gonna do them in every unit. So I've got 100 units, maybe 50 of the units are two bedrooms and 20 of the units are three bedrooms. Those are probably the units, those 70 units are probably the units I could do this upgrade in. Kind of hard to do it in a one bedroom. Uh, oftentimes you're stealing, stealing a closet uh, to do this. Sometimes there's room in the kitchen, maybe you end up with stackables. Uh, and, and if you have a large one bedroom that's really large, you might be able to just create a laundry room uh, out of some space. But generally speaking, you're probably talking about two and three bedrooms. So you wouldn't do this in every every unit. So in our property, we'd be looking at doing this in 70 of the units. So we're gonna spend $2,000 in capital. We're not gonna really incur any additional operating expenses. The tenant is gonna pay the washer, the uh, utilities, right? So they're gonna pay their own electrical. They might have a meter for water. If not, uh, there'll be some uh, method in which the utilities are distributed to the tenants and they'll pay it that way. So I'm not really incurring any incremental expense there. Uh, there may be some incremental maintenance expense, uh, that's possible. And because it's additional revenue, there may be a slight increase in the actual dollar amount paid to the property management firm, as most property management contracts uh, are paid as a percentage of, of revenue collected. So um, so there may be some, uh, rev, uh, some expense here. Um, I'm gonna assume it's zero. Uh, just because it, it'll be negligible. Uh, but if you were actually doing the math to do it yourself, or when we do the math, we obviously go through and we pencil that in. So uh, let's talk about a couple ends of the spectrum because we're trying to answer the question, how much return do I have to get on that $2,000 to make this a project that's worth doing, that we're gonna green light and say, great, let's go and let's do that. 
So let's start on one end of the spectrum. Let's say that we make this improvement, we put washer-dryer hookups in, and what we ask from uh, tenants uh, in return and what we actually get and where the market kind of settles is we get $10 a month. So $10 a month times 12 months, it's $120 in incremental operating income. And that $120 is 6% of the $2,000 investment. So I'm getting a 6% cash return that's the cash on cash, right? $120 a year against a $2,000 capital investment. So I'm getting a 6% cash on cash return and it's a six cap market, right? So that NOI, the $120 in NOI is worth $2,000. That's how much value I've added to the property. Well, it cost me 2,000 to do it. So I'm kind of trading dollars. I'm not really making any money doing this. And I've added a bunch of work to get this done, right? Even if ultimately it nets out and kind of is a push, which $10 is sounds like it's kind of a push in terms of value creation. I've still had to spend the time and energy mentally uh, and programmatically managing it. So $10 doesn't sound like it's enough, right? That's That's too low. So let's take a look at the other end of the spectrum. Let's say that we could get $50 a month. And by the way, it's not uncommon to see uh, $75, 80 even $100 a month for hookups. This is one of the most desirable value add amenities out there. Um, tenants really appreciate the opportunity to do their laundry in their own uh, home, in their own unit, as opposed to going to a very nice, very clean, uh, fully functional, on-site laundry, it's still nicer to be able to do it in your own home and it's worth paying some extra money in order to be able to do that. But let's say it's $50 a month. So $50 a month, 12 months, that's $600. That $600 is a 30% cash on cash return on the $2,000 investment. That's, that's pretty good. That's a pretty nice cash return. You know, our fund, the uh, total return fund, as well as our individual uh, syndications, uh, target around 8% cash. So a 30% cash return is pretty nice. That's, that's going to be very helpful in terms of achieving those kind of numbers. And remember, we're in a sixth cap market. So $600 in incremental NOI at a sixth cap is $10,000 in incremental value. So that unit that we purchased for $100,000 is now worth $110,000 because it's generating an extra $600 a year in NOI. So I spent $2,000, I'm getting $600 a year in cash return, which by the way, if you think about that, that means in three and a half years, three and a third years, I've gotten my entire $2,000 back. And my unit is now worth $10,000 more. That sounds like a no brainer. That sounds like a good investment. I would love to do that. So $10 is not enough. $50 is a great deal. What happens in the middle, right? Because that's really where you answer the question how much value is enough? How much, how much value add is enough to make it worthwhile doing it? And here's how I 
would, um, here's how I would answer the question and how I think about it and how I'd encourage you if you're looking at making investments with uh, a sponsor like Mara Poling, or if you're doing some of this on your own. Um, one of the first questions I ask is, where else can I invest that money? So $2,000, we said here maybe 70 units. So where's my handy calculator? I always wanna make sure I use my calculator so I get this stuff right, right? So 70 units, $2,000, that's $140,000. Where else could I invest $140,000 and what would my return be? Maybe I've got another project. This is how our fund operates because we manage a portfolio of assets. Maybe I've got another asset inside the fund where if I put $140,000 in, I'm gonna get a 50% cash on cash return because I've got some other opportunity that's more valuable from that standpoint. If that's the case, then even the 50 bucks a month is not enough uh, to green light this. If on the other hand, most of my other projects are doing 20% returns, 25% returns, everybody's in a six cap kind of market, then maybe this $50 is not only a good number, but maybe something even a little under that would still make sense. So that's, that's one of the items I would look to. Another is how confident am I in my capital estimate? And this goes back to the comment I made a moment ago when I talked about, okay, we're gonna say this costs $2,000 a unit. Well, what if it costs $3,000 a unit? Well, if it goes up to $3,000, my returns just dropped significantly. What if it goes to $4,000 a unit? Well, at $4,000 a unit, now I'm only getting a 15% cash on cash return. And my incremental value relative to the 4,000 that I've had to spend I don't know that that trade-off is, is worth it anymore. I'm falling into that gray area, maybe to a place where it's not going to work. The problem with this is, even if I have a contract with a contractor who signs in blood that they're going to do it for $2,000 and they're not going to issue any change orders at all, I just don't know what else I'm going to find when I open that wall. Because in order to do something like this, as an example, you have to open walls, right? And you have to get in there and get into the plumbing and so on. What happens if when I do that, I find other issues? Then I'm going to have to spend money fixing those. So this is a number that could have some volatility to it, this $2,000. If I am uh, not very confident, right? then I probably want to be pretty close to that $50 number I mentioned. I might even do the math and say I want to be above that. And if I don't get or can't get $50, $60, then it's not worth the potential risk I take on. If, on the other hand, I have a high degree of confidence, maybe I've already done a couple or the seller, the person I bought the property from, did some, and I've got records of what they did, and I've talked to the contractor that did it, and I've been able to you know, sort of reverse engineer what they did and really understand it. And I'm very confident that, you know what, this is absolutely a $2,000 deal. It's not going to take more capital than that. Then, you know what, I'm probably comfortable with a number that's moving towards the $10 end of the spectrum. The $10 number is not going to work, but I could probably move in that direction. So that certainly has a, a place to play in it. The real answer is this, 
Those are all great. Those are very helpful. But the real answer is this, is as I said, it's what about the comps? What are the comps doing? So if I go look in the marketplace and I'm looking in class, right? So I'm not looking at class A's or class C's. Pretty rare that you see a C, by the way, that has uh, in-unit laundry. Probably, probably some out there, but it's quite rare. Uh, A's, much more common, right? But there's a lot of other things going on with A's, so it's kind of hard to tell what that incremental difference is. For B's, there are absolutely B's out there that don't have washer-dryer hookups and some that do have washer-dryer hookups. So you can get a pretty good sense of what that difference is, what it's worth in the marketplace. If the marketplace is getting $50, then I don't know. I'm not going to want to underwrite it at $50 a month per unit that I make the upgrade to. I'm going to want to underwrite it less than that because I just I don't trust that the market's always going to be exactly accurate from that standpoint. What if it's actually a little lower than that? And I'd rather be conservative than aggressive. If on the other hand, the market's getting $75 for this, and as I said, that's not an uncommon number for this kind of an improvement. If the market's getting $75 for this, then you know I'm probably pretty confident underwriting that $50 number. But as I said, if the market's only getting 50 and I'm gonna to need to underwrite something less than that, how far down do I go? Well, let's take a look at $40. At $40 a month times 12, that's $480 a year. That's a 24% cash on cash return. So now it takes four years, not three and change, but it takes four years for me to get all my money back. And my incremental value, so $480 a year in NOI, incremental NOI divided by a six cap is $8,000. So now I've added $8,000 in value. That's still a pretty good deal, but you're getting closer to a place where I certainly would say, yeah, I don't know. And remember, I may have some other place to put that money uh, that I can do better with it. So I probably in this instance for the two grand and so on, I'd probably say something like $40 is what I need to be able to get. And I need evidence that shows that we can get that. If we don't have good evidence that shows we can get that, then we hold off. Doesn't mean we don't do the value add. It means that right now, let's keep our powder dry. Let's go do some of the other value add work that we have more confidence in, that has better financials associated with it, that has a clearer path to success. We can always come back and add some washer dryers later. And by the way, one of the things we enjoy doing is uh, we might, in this instance, where there's 70 units, we might not do any right away. We might wait until we're starting to think about going to market and selling the asset. And then we might go do four or five units and prove them out. Find out exactly what we can get in the way of rent in terms of the increase and identify exactly what the costs are and the process and the method for doing the work. And then that becomes part of our sales price, part of our package when we sell. And that's going to help us get a better exit price, uh, a better exit cap for us on the way out. And that all works because the next person that buys the property from us, they're looking for value add as, as well. And now they can look and see, gee, there's 60 units you could still do washer dryer upgrades to and look they were getting a 50 or 60 dollar premium because of that 
that adds value to the property from their standpoint. And so they're, they're going to be more inclined to want to purchase at the price that we'd like to exit at. So uh, that's another way you can get value out of value add work. And you don't actually have to do all of it. You don't have to do all 70 units. So if you would like to learn more about any of these things, please swing by the website. Learning Center has lots of great material. That's marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Please uh, register for uh, the webinar that's coming up later this week so that you don't miss out on at least what our crystal ball thinks uh, 2020 is going to look like. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling so that you don't miss any of our great content coming up this year. I'll have some fun announcements over the next couple of weeks. We'll have one for you next week and one the week after that uh, with some new things that are coming to, um, uh, to the website and, uh, and to you all, all of our wonderful listeners out there. So until then, I will see you Thursday at the 2020 Outlook webinar, and I'll see you again next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Bullock. <music>